name is David Tates, the Nine Fingers, and I am a songwriter. People write songs for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different ways. For me, it started out as a compulsion back in seventh grade when I experienced my first heartbreak, and I had to get those emotions outside of my body somehow. Uh, whereas these days, it feels more like a responsibility than anything else. It's probably a little bit different for everyone, but for me, I've always felt the need to write and then share songs with other people. That's what I'm going to do here, and I think it makes sense to just jump right in at the beginning of this process and story. This is a song called Says She's Sorry by the band Winston and the Telescreen off of their debut album, Half of What We Say is Meaningless. It was written in 2002, but not released until 2007. Well, it's been one of those nights I cannot sleep, it's hard to breathe, I put on clothes I take a walk, I guess I'll bring my problems with me to the street Oh, friends I see, they look away, they know the story heard today I buy a drink, I sit and think, I see you lying in your bed What thoughts do you have in your head, do you rejoice, you get to keep The bearded boy who cannot cry, is dead and dies a native slave Dream 
That is really a trip to hear. Uh, I didn't realize it until I played it just now, but I probably haven't heard that in at least 10 years. But let's get to the, to the lyrical content, the story behind it. So I experienced my very first panic attack when I found out that my girlfriend at the time, E, had been cheating on me. It wouldn't be my last panic attack, and it would not be my last experience with cheating, uh, but we'll get there one story at a time. The person she'd been cheating on me with had been someone I was friends with, which made the situation much, much worse. And when I found out this, this emptiness just descended on me, and I just sat there in my room, like frozen for hours. Uh, and, then, and then suddenly emotion just kind of burst out of me, and I, I started throwing things over. I, I destroyed my room. It was really, I don't think I've ever done anything like that before or since. Um, very out of character, but I just I just destroyed my arm. I threw everything all over the place, and during that process, I tried to rip off my my hoodie as well. I was a, a zippered hoodie, and somehow I broke it in such a way that the zipper broke, but it was stuck at the very top. It was stuck at the top of my neck, so that was the only place it was stuck. So it looked like I was wearing this like little Red Riding Hood type cloak. Um, I'm sure I looked completely ridiculous, but I couldn't get it off. It was stuck on me. And so eventually I just gave up one more thing that had gone horribly wrong and just sat there. And, and that's how my friends found me hours later. Uh, in retrospect, the, the image of that is hilarious to me. And if something similar were to happen to me now, I'd be able to appreciate the absurdity and the comedy of that. Uh, but at the time, I was brand new to shitty experiences, and I hadn't yet learned how to appreciate uh, the comical aspect of really fucked up situations, which does say something about how good I had it growing up because I was almost 20 at this time and nothing had gone horribly wrong in life yet until this. Uh, so my friends came over because they, they were concerned. They'd heard about what happened. They were calling me. They couldn't get a hold of me because I was not answering the phone. So they came to check on me, found me sitting there, this mute, unmoving object on the couch wearing this ridiculous hoodie cape. And they were very kind to me. They picked up my room while I sat there. Uh, they extricated me from my sweater. I don't even remember how. I think they, there might have been tools involved. They must have had to pull out a knife or something. But they managed to, to extricate me. Uh, and then E called me and asked if she could come over and talk. Uh, what, what followed that was this nightmarish night, which would uh, also become my first experience with disassociation, uh, which unfortunately is also something I'd become more familiar with later, uh, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, when the sun eventually did come up, uh, E and I found ourselves still in relationship, but one which had been irrevocably damaged, no matter how fiercely we were attempting to cling on to it. But I had a lot going on psychologically and emotionally, and so I had no ability to process my emotions about the situation other than singing them. Being cheated on fucks you up in, in layers, and that's compounded when you know the other person involved. The first layer is the betrayal from your partner who you loved and trusted. The second is the betrayal from your friend who you also loved and trusted. And the third being the embarrassment when you interact with other people in your lives uh, when they know that your partner has been cheating on you. In this situation, everybody knew. Um, and so you just can't, you can't escape that. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to put a positive spin on it. It's this mess that everyone knows about and no one can help you avoid. There, there's no remedy for something like that except for time. But time takes time. 
As a songwriter, though, you do have the tools to help you hasten that process. And that is singing a song about what you're going through. And that's really all this song is. I was stuck in thinking about the two of them together and feeling sick to my stomach about it and doing anything I could to try to escape that sick feeling. So, so that's where this song is born. Let, let's go through the lyrics here. It's been one of those nights I cannot sleep. It's hard to breathe. I put on clothes. I take a walk. I guess I'll bring my problems with me to the street. Being unable to find distraction because everyone else knows what happened and you know they're talking about you and you aren't there or they're pitying you or they're shit-talking your partner who did do wrong but who you still love and in this instance are still with. There's no winning in that, in that situation. Uh, let's keep going. Old friends I see, they look away. They know the story heard today. I buy a drink. I sit and think. I see him lying in your bed. Um, and, and, if, and if you're looking at the timeline, uh, you might see that I probably should not have been uh, allowed to, to drink yet. But I, I did have a large beard um, and hadn't been carded since I was probably 16. So I was able to get in the bars back then. Um, but, but back to the lyrics. You experience this, this ceaseless wondering about how your partner feels that they betrayed you and causing you such pain, but they're not having to face real consequences for it. At least it doesn't seem like it when you are still staying with them. And so I I didn't want to lose her altogether, but you also feel like a sucker at the same time because you don't know if you can really trust them again. Uh, And just everything about that just fucking sucks. And and there's not not a a way to, to alleviate it really. You're safe at home. Don't feel alone. You probably have the nerve to think you got away with hurting me. The bearded boy who cannot cry. His deadened eyes in need of sleep. When you're hit that hard with unexpected betrayal, it almost kind of wipes emotions out of your body altogether. You exist as the shell. Horrible thoughts are going through your mind constantly, but they seem almost separate from you. You become this kind of of listless, sleepless zombie. It's been one of those nights I cannot sleep. It's hard to breathe. I'm forced to think about the things that you and he both did to me. I'm not all right. I'm not okay. I am not having a good day. You're safe at home. Don't feel alone. You probably have the nerve to think you got away with hurting me. The bearded boy who cannot cry, his dead and dies in need of sleep. Uh, in retrospect, this isn't true at all. <laughs> when I think about it now, he was clearly in a lot of distress. Of course, distress that was brought on by her own decisions, but, but she wasn't sleeping soundly at home. She was a, a mess. She was ashamed because of so many people, including her family, knew what happened. She was fearful that I was going to hook up with other people in revenge. Uh, and maybe she even actually did feel bad about my own pain. Uh, she was kind of a dickhead, uh, but she did actually love me at least for a while. So that's possible as well. Um, but when you're so badly hurt and needing to express that hurt, you develop a kind of tunnel vision. 20 years later, I can look back at the situation and realized how much pain she herself was in. But at the time, I simply couldn't see past my own despair. I think in terms of a song, that makes sense. Most songs are not philosophical reflections. They're emotional outbursts. And when you're writing those kinds of songs, your responsibility 
is to be as honest about that experience as possible. Uh, and in, and when you're in the, in that moment, you really are in your own head. You're thinking about your own feelings about it. She says she's sorry. She says she's sorry. Why she got to be so hateful on the inside? Why she got to be so lovely on the outside? No, no. Honestly, looking at this now, I think the scores, uh, the lyrics were were poorly constructed in terms of accurately expressing my emotions. As listening to those words, they make it sound if I, as if I was only sticking around due to physical attraction. And, and that's not the case. I was madly in love with E for a variety, uh, a multitude of reasons, um, one of them being physical attraction, but, but many others. And so I wish I'd done a better job of expressing the complexity involved and, and not wanting to leave her in that chorus. Um, that being said, this poured out of me, just just you know poured out of me during a vulnerable time. Uh, and within the musical context of the song, I do think that it I captured what was necessary to express express what I needed to when it was all put together. Uh, I will say though, I, I couldn't if I if this was a song that I was writing now, I couldn't release it like this. Um, it's just just not accurate enough for me. Um, but at the time, I didn't have the tools or the patience to express it as exactly. As, as I would expect to now, um, it's fine. It's fine. It's old. <laughs> Your apologies, what do they mean? Are they empty, said to appease, like every single broken promise made to me? When someone's trying to remain in a relationship with you after betrayal, it's really hard to know whether the words they say mean anything or not. If someone honestly has enough respect for you as a person to care about your emotions, they would never cheat on you to begin with. So when they do, it casts everything they do with you under suspicion. In the long term, that's the real lasting damage. Not that they've shared intimacy with someone else when you had agreed to only be intimate with each other, but that you can't trust anything they say because they willingly lied to you before. That isn't easy to recover from. She says she's sorry. She says she's sorry. Why she got to be so hateful on the inside? Why she got to be so lovely on the outside? She says she loves me. She says she loves me. No, don't say you love me. I can't stand to hear it. Just tell me why. Oof. <laughs> you know, listening to this now, that takes me right back there. I, I feel his pain, or, or I feel my own pain, I guess. Uh, it sucks. It isn't easy to make sense of, especially when you're in it. Uh, there are people out there who ascribe to the idea that everything happens for a reason and that shitty things are part of this grand design, as if we're participants in a novel that need character development. Uh, I don't buy that at all. Positive energy, negative energy, these things are, are tools that we have an opportunity to work with. It's our responsibility to make good things happen in the future out of the bad things that happened in the past. For the artist, this is our sacred duty. We're alchemists. Our skills and our convictions allow us to make beauty out of ugliness. I, I wish this situation had never happened, but it did. And so I wrote this song. The process of writing and recording and performing this song brought me into new friendships, 
new relationships. It put me on a journey in which I sang this song as loud as I could on hundreds of different stages in front of thousands of different people. Um, <laughs> it was uh, a lot of those nights were amazing. I had a lot of great experiences uh, that started with the writing of this song. The writing of this song is what brought Winston and the Telescreen together. This is the first thing that, that uh, Paul Akers and I did. Uh, I met Paul. Trevor had introduced me to Paul. Trevor Monks is the drummer. Introduced me to Paul Akers, the piano player. And, and we put the song together in about 15 minutes. Um, so th- there was good things that came out of bad things. But that's only once you put in the work. You put in the work to, to adjust that energy. So this process is uh, is what I'm I'm going to talk about the alchem the alchemical process of lyric writing through the only lens I have any expertise in, which is my own existence. My name is David Tate's the Nine Fingers. Welcome to the alchemy of artistry. Uh, let's try it again now that we know the story. It's been one of those nights I cannot sleep, it's hard to breathe, I put on clothes I take a walk, I guess I'll bring my problems with me to the street Oh friends I see, they look away, they know the story here today I buy a drink, I sit and think, I see you lying in your bed What thoughts do you have in your head, do you rejoice, you get to keep The bearded boy who cannot cry, is dead and dies in need of sleep
Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I plan on doing this with every single one of my songs, so if you enjoyed that at all, there's a lot more coming. Uh, that song was called Says She's Sorry by Winston and the Telescreen. Winston and the Telescreen was made up of me uh, as the singer and guitar player, uh, David Tates. That was Paul Akers on piano. That was Trevor Monks on drums. And that was James Brecker on bass. That was recorded by Victor Alfaro in Riverside, California at Greatest Misses Studio. The lovely intro and outro music you are hearing is by Lou Beauty in Bakersfield, California. I'll see you next time. Uh-huh.